Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harine Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Vejagatameva Samsara Navasetave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha Oh. I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. And his Baba's own self. And his Baba's own self. And his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own self. The one self. Being all the Baba's. The one self. Being all. The one self. Being you. Your own self. O Shiva. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swasva Bhava Namo Namaha. I want to give you a breakthrough. I'm always amazed when people settle for too little. I'm serving a banquet of bliss and they only want a few crumbs. People come in, they want to have a good weekend, like a yoga weekend. Or they want to have a good experience for an hour or two, like in a yoga class or a meditation satsang. 
I want them to live in the bliss of consciousness all the time. I don't know, maybe I'm asking too much of you. When I started teaching in yoga conferences and retreat centers, I saw a lot of this. It took me almost 15 years to understand. Some people merely wanted to have an enjoyable weekend. They'd skip one of the yoga sessions to go sit in the sun or to go out for coffee with friends. They used yoga, like everything else in their life, as a way to seek pleasure. But I already knew that pleasure-seeking was limited. I knew that pleasure was fleeting. I knew that a good weekend did not guarantee a good Monday or a good week. I knew that overdoing pleasure leads to pain. I learned that one by experience. When I started yoga, I was earnestly seeking a whole new way to live in my own skin. But not everybody comes for that reason. Yoga's poses and breathing practices gave me a new way to live in my physical body inside my own skin in a more enlivened, more relaxed, and more powerful way. The chanting, meditation, and sutra study gave me a new way to live in my mind, which is part of being inside my own skin, being present in my own presence. With my mind contributing to the value of my experience rather than tearing me down. Oh, my. But I wanted more. I wanted it all. And I wanted it all at once. I want it now. And Baba gave me that. He gave me Shaktipat, opening up the whole of consciousness within me. As a metaphor, I'll say he planted the seed of consciousness within me, which blossomed into an extraordinary and expansive way of living. Baba Shaktipat gave me a whole new way to live. Truly, it was a breakthrough. Now, decades later, I've been authorized to give you that same breakthrough. I want to reach the heart and soul of everyone I see. I want to open you up to the amazing reality within your own beingness, which is truth, light, and bliss. I remember sitting on a bench at an airport early one morning after flying home from a retreat with my guru. The flight landed a little before sunrise, and I had to wait for the airport bus that would take me home. There was a sweet pre-dawn light, and the summer morning was cool and comfortable. The day before, I'd been chanting and meditating with my guru, so as I sat there, I began to settle inside into that same sweet inner space and linger there. My eyes drifted shut. Then my mind said, maybe you should keep your eyes open in this public place. Safety could be a factor. So I opened my eyes. The area was deserted except for one guy. Pulling his suitcase as he walked along the roadway, probably 50 or 60 feet away from me, a good distance, he was clearly focused on getting to his destination. 
He was already halfway past me, so I couldn't see his face. But I felt such love for him. I sat and watched his back as he walked away. I was delightfully melting in this incredible love that I felt for this stranger. As I deepened into it, he suddenly stopped. He stopped short, stood up straighter, and whipped around to look directly at me. He clearly felt something and seemed startled by it. Wow, he could feel the love. But my mind said, you're in a deserted place. Maybe it's not safe. So I shut down the love. He hesitated, then turned and walked away. Then I marveled, wow, I can shut it down. I wonder if I can open it up. So I began to play with this incredible love that was arising inside. I could turn it off and on. I could even moderate the flow, like with a faucet handle. As different people would come by, I'd let a little come up. Not enough to disturb them, but enough for me to melt. It was truly delicious. Then my bus came. I nestled back into the seat for an hour's drive and fell asleep. Only later did I realize that when I startled that poor man walking away from me, that if he had felt the love and come over to me, he couldn't possibly cause me any harm because of the love. I lived in that love for days. Then I got distracted, you know. I even lost the memory of the experience until I grew more deeply into myself. It was another 15 years before I learned to live in that love all the time. Only then did the memory come back. Breakthrough. The guru's gift. But breakthrough doesn't always lead to immediate change. You grab back for the old ways of being, and you even forget that you've had breakthrough experiences. That's one reason to journal, so you can rediscover what you've lost when you read your journal. It's a process, and I described it that way in my teachings article for the month after Shaktipat, gradually your mind tunes into this deeper power, your own beingness, and gives up its grousing and pettiness. Your mind shines with the light of your own divinity, making you God's agent in the world. What a way to live. Fortunately, it is a gradual process. You need the breakthrough, but you also need time to grow into yourself. You already know that hothouse roses don't bloom fully open. They're not fragrant, and they die after two days. They're beautiful when you buy them, but because their growth was forced, they don't have the vyana prana, the energetic reserves, to sustain it once they're cut. They begin drooping the next day. 
after Shaktipat, there is a process at work in you. This process is to be respected, even honored and appreciated. For me, it's like watching a child grow into themselves. Every day is precious. And the destination is assured. That child is going to grow taller and become an adult. You are going to become a siddha, a master of consciousness. Baba said, even if an aspirant hasn't done any sadhana before meeting his guru, and even if he hasn't explored the spiritual world, as long as he has faith, he experiences unity with the Supreme Lord once he is initiated by the guru. The greater the maturity of a disciple, the higher his worth and sincerity, the quicker his progress towards merging in Shambhava, in Shiva. For myself, I hadn't done any sadhana. That's focused spiritual practice. Oh, I'd gone to church, and I'd looked to nature to give me experiences of God. But I hadn't really applied myself, not before yoga. I didn't even know what to do. I remember one place where I lived. It had a little alcove in my bedroom. I put a low table in it, and I thought I would kneel in front of it every day. I looked for sacred objects to put on it, but the stones and shells that I tried out just seemed like bits of earth. I wanted something cosmic. So the table was bare. I put a tea light on it. I'd get on my knees in front of it and place my hands in front of my heart. But then I didn't know what to do. I could pray, but my prayer was just a grocery list of all the things I wanted and all my problems. And then at the end, I'd say, thank you, God, amen. But it wasn't a real thank you because the problems hadn't gone away and my wishes hadn't been fulfilled. I tried it a few times, then gave up. I simply didn't know what to do. But I left the table there. I saw it every day, several times a day. It made me frustrated, for I wanted to do sadhana, but I didn't know the word or how to proceed. Yoga gave me practices to do and words to use and ways to open my heart and ways to focus my attention inward. Now, I sit in front of my altar every morning, which has cosmic and sacred objects on it, all from my Baba, and I explore within. But I didn't do that before I met Baba. Back then, I fit it into the category he describes in this passage. Even if an aspirant hasn't done any sadhana before meeting his guru, and even if he hasn't explored the spiritual world, as long as he has faith, he experiences unity with the Supreme Lord once he is initiated by his guru. Well, I did have faith in Baba. Not really what I'd call faith, not like blind faith. I trusted him. And I trust him still. I trusted him because I knew from many, many experiences 
experiences of sitting with him, of chanting with him, of meditating with him, and hearing his discourses, I knew that he opened me up to me. So I trusted him. Just like he said about the aspirant, the seeker, he experiences unity with the Supreme Lord once he is initiated by the Guru. Yes, I had that experience of unity with God. I had that experience when I got Shaktipat. And again, every day when I meditate, I call that breakthrough. I call that fulfillment because I was being filled full inside, full fulfillment. This passage from Baba goes on. The greater the maturity of a disciple, the higher his worth and sincerity the quicker is progress towards merging in Shambhava and Shiva. Quick progress. Sounds good. What do I need for that? Maturity, worth, and sincerity. Okay, does, hmm, does maturity mean I need to be old? Does gray hair make me closer to enlightenment? No. How about bald? No. That's not what he means by maturity. He means spiritual maturity. What is spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity is when your inner state is steady, unshakable. Whatever comes along in life is simply what comes along. You aren't waiting for certain external things to happen to make you happy because you're already happy. Better than happy, you're peaceful and expansive within. Scary things don't scare you. You aren't trying to avoid the realities of life. There's no worry Because even if challenges come along, you won't feel terrible because your inner state is so deep and steady that you are not daunted. Spiritual maturity means that you're not dependent on external things for your inner state. You can laugh and you can cry, but there is a deeper dimension to your own being that is steady, supporting you through it all. Baba used the metaphor of a potter's wheel. The potter puts a lump of clay on the wheel and begins turning it. He shapes a hole in the center, keeps the wheel turning, and he pinches and pulls up the sides to lift them into the sides of a pot. He even takes twigs and stones to poke into the clay to shape it while the wheel is turning. And as he pokes and prods the clay, his other hand is inside, supporting the side of the pot as it spins. When you find that internal support, you are unshakable. Spiritual maturity. It leads to quick progress. The other qualities that support your speed of transformation are worth, 
and sincerity. I look around the room and I look on Zoom and I see a lot of people with great sincerity and great worth. Deep worthiness. I am humbled to be in the company of such worthy people. But what Baba means by both of these might be different than what the world looks for. You can bring great sincerity into a relationship, into a job, or any other endeavor. But sometimes it's just a way of getting people to like you. It's like you say, I sincerely want you to like me. So I will very sincerely do whatever I think you want me to do. And then when you respond to my sincerity and you like me, you think I'm great, then your opinion of me convinces me that I'm great, which is what I wanted all along. This is not the type of sincerity that Baba meant. I'll rephrase his description and call it integrity. That what you say, what you mean, what you feel, and what you do are all in alignment with each other. What you say, what you mean, what you feel, and what you do are all in alignment with each other and all in alignment with God. This is integrity, or what Baba called sincerity. A laser beam is organized light. In an ordinary beam of light, the light particles are all going different directions, even while the beam is going this way inside. It's all disorganized. That ordinary light is made into a laser beam by lining up all the particles So they're all going in the same direction. That laser beam can cut steel. They can do eye surgery with a laser beam. Amazing how powerful a laser is. Simply a beam of light that has integrity. All lined up with God. What about worth? Baba didn't mean that you should have a good financial statement. How wonderful when you do. But what he means is, are you trustworthy? If you say you'll be here tomorrow at 2 p.m., will you be? If you say you will do something, will you do it? And in a timely and effective manner? If you hear a teaching, will you remember it? And will you apply it to your life? Such a yogi is worthy. After Shaktipat, you make quick progress if you have spiritual maturity, worth, and sincerity. If you're still a bit erratic, you'll make slower progress. Such is the nature of the Guru's blessing that even if you do nothing to help yourself, you'll still make progress. 
but your progress will be slower. Shaktipat has opened up your own divinity in you, and it will shine through no matter what. But what's opened up in you and what you allow to arise are two different things, which is why I wrote, gradually your mind tunes into this deeper power, your own beingness. The key word is gradually. Richard Mew Benson, an Anglican monk and the founder of the Society of St. John the Evangelist, said the same thing this way. We cannot be bound into the depths of God at one spring. If we could, we should be shattered, not filled. How do you bound into the depths of God? How do you allow yourself to be filled by God? Do you have enough space inside for the whole of divine reality to fit in? You may still have some internal clutter that needs to go. You may still be enjoying your idiosyncrasies, quirks, and weirdnesses. You can hang on to them for as long as you enjoy them, but I will forewarn you, they get old. The bliss of yourself is so much more fulfilling. Both Brother Benson and I agree that there is a gradual process that unfolds. Shaktipat gives you a head start on it, but there's still a process. Your mind begins to love being radiant. The shadows in your mind that you've been cherishing for so long, they get filled with light. And you see, there was really nothing there. You're free. You can cooperate with the process, even help it along by doing practices. Or you can stop the process, even shut it down. Not doing practices makes the process take longer and be more painful, especially when you continue doing the things that have always caused you pain. They still will. You can make lifestyle changes. Not just create practice time, but even make lifestyle changes that speed you along. And this story of a student of mine will help illustrate that for you. I had a student who got Shaktipat from a different guru. This was before I was authorized in the lineage, so I didn't talk about Shaktipat much. Neither did the other guru. Thus, my student didn't know what it was. He went to a yoga event with a Shaktipat master and got spontaneous Shaktipat. How great! Since they hadn't told him what it was, when he came back, I explained it to him. And I explained that this is what I had gotten from my Baba, that breakthrough that made such a profound change in me. However, my student didn't actually like what was happening for him. His meditations were deep but he didn't meditate daily. After a couple of days without meditation, he would get heat and physical kriyas when he was sitting at a traffic light in his car or when he was in a business meeting. 
These energetic clearings are profound and hugely beneficial, but they're supposed to happen during your meditation. Since he was not meditating regularly, he wasn't giving Kundalini time to do his clearings for him. And it disturbed him and the others in the business meeting when he got a sudden jerk or intake of breath. So he asked me, how do I shut it down? I was shocked. This is the inner awakening that you have waited lifetimes to receive. It is the greatest blessing of all. Once you've received Shaktipai, you can get enlightened in this lifetime. You want to shut it down? He said, yes, I want it to go away. (sighs) Okay, I said, eat a big steak dinner, drink a lot of wine, and have sex. Kundalini won't bother you again. He did exactly that. And Kundalini never bothered him again. He wanted to be unenlightened. And he got what he wanted. This is the choice that most people make. They would rather pursue their senses, consume things that have proven to be harmful to their health, and drain their energies by seeking external stimulation. They choose this instead of being filled from inside. Fulfillment. Overflowing with the blissful energy of consciousness. And living in an expansive inner state. You make this choice every day. Thus, I ask, what do you really want? Well, I can only say what I want. What I want is to give you a breakthrough. I want to blast you into another dimension and beyond. I want to share what I got from my guru with you and with everyone. I want to see everyone in my family uplifted. Everyone in the world is a member of my family. I want to enlighten them all. Most people simply want a coping mechanism. They come in for a yoga class or a yoga therapy session or meditation session, and they're basically saying, just make me feel better. Even though I'm the one who created my own poor condition, patch me back together so I can go back out there and do what I've always done. Make me feel better for a little while. So I do that. I give you tricks and tools. I spent one whole year writing teachings articles and giving discourses on quick fixes. It's all online. Quick little things you can do to make yourself feel better. They are coping mechanisms. Why do I give you these things? It's like Sai Baba of Shirdi said. One of his disciples asked, Why do you give them the puny little things they ask for? They ask to be healed. They ask for blessings to get a good job or to help with a family problem. They ask for so little when you could give them so much. Why do you give them these little things that they ask for? And Sai said, I give them what they ask for. So they will come to ask for what I can truly give. But Baba added another element to it. 
how much can you accept? When all is given, how much do you carry away with you? I went on pilgrimage to a very holy temple in India some years ago. At the stone gateway, I asked for a Brahmin priest to shepherd me through the process in a respectful and proper manner. He took me over to a water pool alongside the temple and had me walk with him down a few steps to the water's edge and scoop up some water and hold it in my cupped hand while he chanted mantras to purify and bless me, preparing me to go into the sanctum sanctorum. As he chanted the mantras, the water began to leak out of my hand and it got dry. So he scooped up some more water and he poured it in my hand again. And I could feel the water leaking out between my fingers. So I tried to squeeze my fingers together tighter. And he was still chanting mantras, but the water was still dripping. And soon my hand was pretty dry. So he scooped up some more water and he put it in my hand. Quite wonderfully, this continued for a while. And then I realized that the level of the water in my hand meant the water was resting in my fingers. And if I just tipped my wrist a little bit, the water would rest in the cup of the palm of my hand. And I could hold the water without leaking. He kept chanting as I relaxed into my new alignment with God more able to receive the blessings of this holy site. It was just a little realignment. And it was another breakthrough. I learned how to live in integrity, all lined up on the inside like a laser beam. I want to give you a breakthrough. Are you ready? Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.